You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. If you're a fan of Thunder Talk, then you're already a fan of Amanda Bones and Hell to Pay Management. Dan and I sit down for a chat with her and Ashley Rose to discuss their hit new show, How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling. Then Zach Carpenter joins Amanda in this debacle to drop the track Whiskey Works off their Oxen City Limits Live album. Beth and Kavika have their hands full this week with a new puppy, so we'll be airing a few of their segments from our lost episodes. All that plus Mark and Wheatley wrap up their Wonder Woman conversation from issue 36. Lightning lad, roll that ring of thunder. Thunder talk. Hello, Thunderverse. Sexy Thor here with some story time. If you remember back in July 2019, over on uh, WTLK The Thunder, Dan and I went to and Bers to go watch WWE Extreme Rules 2019, which of course led to Ring of Thunder. In that recording, Dan was asking me all sorts of good questions, because aside from WrestleMania 3, he knew a squat about wrestling. Well, I knew Rockin' Wrestling from Saturday mornings. I knew that oh, Roddy, yeah, Roddy that Piper too. was the bad guy, but he was also in that really cool movie. But otherwise, yeah, anyway. He was pretty much asking me questions, and I was explaining stuff to him over the loud dance and pop music in B***s. B***s is the name of Adam's employer. And we're not believing them out because we don't want to get him fired. It's just they're not paying us, so... I mean, we're not shouting them out. That's just how it goes. Yeah, so fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Well, a couple of friends of ours, I don't think they knew that we had previously done this. No, there's no goddamn way. I don't think most people know that we did that. That was one of our lowest rated shows. That's why we moved wrestling off of Thunder Talk, which is on me, because who knew that wrestling was so badass and that I was the chump? Exactly. And after that night, you saw the sexy wrestling light. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But enough about us, Lightning Lad. We're boring. It's whatever. A couple friends of ours have something similar. Well, we had something similar, and, and well, at least I failed at it. From How to Talk to Your Friends About Wrestling Podcast. With Amanda Bones and Ashley. That's right. Ashley Rose and Amanda Bones. Welcome to Thunder Talk. Hello. Hello. Hi. We're like the, the amateur boy version of what the <laughs> two of you do. Uh, for everyone, uh, How to Talk to Your Friends About Wrestling, the premise is... So, I really like wrestling, and... Um, because of that, I yell at Amanda constantly about different wrestling things that I'm freaking out about. And for the longest time, she just would listen to me, but it was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I understand. But without actually knowing what I was talking about. So with our podcast, um, I have pulled Amanda into my little world of wrestling. And it's kind of... I don't know. I think it's I think it's rubbing off on her a little bit. She's becoming more of a fan, which I'm happy about. That's the basic premise is me showing Amanda matches or people, you know, letting us know what matches they want us to cover. Okay. And talking about wrestling. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Amanda, how uh, being the Amanda of our group, uh, why am I thinking Sex in the City when I say that, too? Was there an Amanda on that show? No, there was a Miranda. There was a Miranda. Well, I'm not. The, yeah, I'm not their Miranda. She also had orange hair. Maybe that's where it's coming from. 
I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to reduce you as to a product placement on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Amanda. Yes. How did like being politely interested for your friend's benefit when it comes to wrestling go from you having a highly successful podcast? So um, Ashley and I have been friends for 20 years this September. Okay. Uh, and I've always wanted to do something with Ashley. So in high school, we all bought instruments and we were going to have a band. Right. And then, like none of us played our instruments ever. Yeah, that's, that's what having uh, a band in high school means. Yeah. And then yeah. as we got older and like reality TV became a thing, we were like, we should have our own reality TV show. We're fucking hilarious. Totally. Um, totally. But uh, nobody knows who we are and we have no money. So that's not an option. <laughs> so... She would send me, I think you sent me like so many pictures of Kenny Omega. It's not even funny. And then it's a, it's an addiction. It's such an addiction. She still sends me so many pictures of Kenny Omega. Um, I don't know. And then like, I just figured like, I bet we could make a podcast. It can't be that difficult. I pitched the idea to her. I Googled a bunch of shit and I don't know. It just like all came together. <laughs> and then. The premise is like Ashley teaches me about wrestling because I don't know shit outside of like the minimal amounts I watched in the 90s with my brothers. Um, So she essentially just teaches me about it. And I ask the most ridiculous questions because I'm very interested in the dumb shit behind the scenes. Oh, totally. I've always had a mind towards like programming and, and also dabbling in sports as well. I have found all of that very hard to reconcile. Because wrestling, it's it's like, um, you know, take the NBA and all my children and mush them all t- <laughs> mush it together. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, thankfully, Adam's been my 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 wrestling whisperer in all of this. <laughs> I didn't realize when we started the podcast, the massive amount of wrestling that's out there. Like with WWE alone, there's three different shows a week, which like, right. fuck. Who has time for all of this? Thankfully, someone not... Who is it? Me. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like the indies. There's AEW. There's New Japan. Like, and I'm sure there's more from there that we haven't even breached yet. But like, geez, there's just... It's expansive. <laughs> yeah. When we were trying to figure out what day to like release our, our episodes on or even like days to record... She was like, okay, well, what's the day that doesn't have wrestling? And I'm like, it's, it's non-existent. Like, you have wrestling every day. Every other Saturday. So, yeah, just pick a day and we'll just stick to it. If we're a week behind on an episode, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And then it grew from there. Like, now we don't, like, we review. I say review. Basically, Ashley and I just go through the match and explain to you what happened. Um and then you get like legit reactions from me seeing some of this stuff for the first time. And then I ask my stupid questions. Um, but it evolved from there even. And now we have this segment we call the book report where we watch wrestling documentaries and we give you a book report about it. Yeah. The book report. Yeah. The only thing I was able to contribute when it comes to uh, Adam and Dan and our contentious uh I want to make it sound more romantic and less less sexual. Our connection. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think you're doing that right. But anyway, yeah, the only thing I was able to bring to the table was my experience with WrestleMania three. You know, one of the seminal moments in wrestling, and and I was able to to hold Adam's hand and walk him through that. Uh, but then that's it. I had nothing left. 
And he even left out the part where Alice Cooper and Jake the Snake were like hanging out. Oh, that's right. Alice Cooper yeah. was in wrestling for a half a second. Oh, wow. See, yeah. I, I didn't leave it out. I didn't know it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just took that one thing away from you. Well, you took, you took part of it away from me. Well, this is what yeah. happens with me and Ashley. I'll bring something up and then she'll be like, no, 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 it's actually this. And I'm like, okay, never mind. I'll shut up and go back to my corner now. <laughs> I do it as sweetly as possible. You do. You're very kind about the lack of knowledge that your person has. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just be like, hey, did you see this one person on, I don't remember what company the show was, but they had like spikes on their outfit and Ashley will, <laughs> within minutes, <laughs> either guess it or she'll Google it and find it. It's like my little guy, my little Rolodex in my brain's going. I'm like, okay, she's giving me like four things to go off of. I think I can make this happen. I know. I remember a few episodes back when you were talking something about NXT and you were like trying to describe Tony Storm and I think Damian Priest as well. And I'm just sort of <laughs> screaming at the stereo. It's just like, it's Tony Storm. It's Damian Priest. <laughs> My favorite one I think I've given Ashley was trying to describe Dexter Lemus. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like. He's got a real tight cut and it's like bleached blonde and he's got crazy eyes. And like when he gets in the ring, he like walks in on his knuckles. It's really dumb, but like kind of hot. I don't know. He's got like <laughs> and Ashley's sitting there like, who the fuck is this person? Yeah. <laughs> well, because when you first said it, you were like, he crawls in the ring. And I'm like, OK, that could be like three different people. <laughs> Let me go through this. And then when I eventually looked it up it was like no not not dexter loomis please not Dexter. <laughs> your fucking reaction to me enjoying that dude was probably my favorite like like a solid no yeah can't can't get behind it oh and we recently discovered that i have a thing for overly bleached blonde wrestlers and men in real life because my husband's overly bleached blonde naturally but yeah cody rhodes <laughs> Hold on, he's naturally bleach blonde. Is this, this oh some kind God. of like yeah. superhero origin where involved like gamma rays or toxic waste hit him in the womb? I don't know. And his power how. is natural bleach blonde. I mean, I can oh, believe yeah. it because like Cody like came back for one week with dark hair, and then the next week he was literally back to bleach blonde again. Yeah, and like flawlessly, it wasn't orange; it was actually blonde. Like girls, sorry, I shouldn't say girls, women and girls. Fuck it, females all-encompassing strive for this level of bleached blonde and like i promise it never gets there ever <laughs> like anytime i've ever bleached my hair it's fucking orange it's never it's never even like remotely blonde so yeah my husband somehow was given this beautiful gift of perfect bleached golden locks naturally <laughs> i don't understand not fair it's not fair it's not it's <laughs> bullshit Hey, Dan, I need a fix of some of that ESO. You got any? Gotta get some of that sweet ESO junk. First one's free, kid. It's in my veins! Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, Hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. 
Two and a half years ago, Beth and Kabika joined Adam and I on this little thing we call Thunder Talk. Since they can't be with us for this show, we've pulled a few of their segments from our lost episodes. This is the very first segment they ever recorded. Hello, my name is Kavika. And I'm Beth. And we are here for Thunder Talk. Some sexy Thunder Talk. Super sexy Thunder Talk. So, our friend Dan... What, what's his uh lightning lad lightning lad okay so we are here doing our first segment i hope everybody's pumped up i'm pumped up i'm pumped i'm so pumped i'm drinking scotch and i'm i'm having some wine we're gonna toast oh. to to thunder talk and Jeez. all of you so let's introduce ourselves where are you from Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, don't don't start government naming people. Okay, Come on now. Okay. Let's let's not do that. So, where are you from? I have grown up in Oklahoma. I was born in California, but as a wee baby, we moved to Oklahoma. So I've spent most of my life in Oklahoma. It was a backwards immigration from the Oklahoma, California thing. Right? Yeah, that was very normal back in the day, immigrating from Oklahoma to California. So you did it backwards. Yeah. Well, my name is Kavika. Um, I was raised in the Pacific Northwest, moved to Oklahoma City after I lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for a time. Right, and you were like a tween. I was a tween. It was so awkward. So we got married. In, how long ago did we get married? We got married in 2016. We met playing roller derby. We did meet playing roller derby. Like you do. Yeah. Like all lesbians do. Well, not all, but you know. Uh, there's a good amount of lesbians some. that meet that way. Yeah. I mean, roller derby's pretty gay. You've got your gay sports. You know, you've got your softball. You've got your soccer. And you've got roller derby. Like, when you say that's it's one of the, top, the, it's the one triad of, the, of like, yeah. lesbian sports. Yeah. And usually... A lot of the people that play roller derby played softball. So if you played softball and you played roller derby, there's a high likelihood that you may be a lesbian. Or if you played soccer and you play roller yeah, derby. Yeah. I mean, some of our friends that play That's derby true. with us, they play soccer on the side. So Beth, what makes you a nerd? Why should we be here talking on Thunder Talk? Oh, God. A lot of things make me a nerd. I mean, come on. I started out as a kid, like, watching a lot of the cartoons. Because we were poor, and we lived in a small town, so it's not like we had access to, like, comic stores or anything like that. But, you know, I watched a lot of the cartoons with my older brothers, you know, watching Thundercats, watching X-Men, like, anything nerdy we were kind of attracted to. And then, of course, in the fifth grade, I started band like you do band nerd oh yeah i played the clarinet i have a clarinet in that closet over there okay don't make me pull it out i hope she pulls it out Uh, we could probably use it for something new new sex toys oh no (laughs) no that'd be very rough (laughs) it wouldn't be so i'm fairly nerdy i'm a big tabletop gamer we both role play so we play D D. We we just got done playing uh, Warhammer Fantasy with yes. some friends. They hosted a game. Yeah, and I played a lot of Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, pre, where all the characters pre relationship. Oh, it was a good time though. Yeah, yeah. 
Cthulhu's out to kill us all. We're both pretty avid video game players. Yes, girl, yes! Yeah, we, we play some WoW. Play, uh, I play World of Tanks. I play EVE Online. Possibly the best and worst game of all time. Yeah, no. It's pretty amazing. And horrible all at the same time. Yeah, but like, what were your early video game experiences? My early video games were... Um, board games, and we played, of course, the first Nintendo, right. Super Mario Brothers. Did you ever have an Atari? I wasn't. We weren't rich enough to have an Atari. It was. It was a little bit before me. Yeah, maybe we got it for Christmas or something. But um, there, I remember there being an Atari, but I don't remember really playing it because when you have like four kids total and the two parents in the house and one TV and like one gaming system, you know. I remember the Atari being there. I remember my mom playing Frogger, but I don't remember ever actually playing it myself. What was your first computer game that you played? Computer game? Computer game. Because, I mean, you know, in grade school, we played like dumb little computer games. But like me personally, when I got my own computer in college, I was really into Roller Coaster Tycoon. Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yes. Wow. The first game I ever played on the computer was probably Solitaire, of course, like everybody does. Oh, well, yeah. And then, like, Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, yeah, it Leisure was, Suit Larry. It was, like, on a five-and-a-half-inch floppy, and I, oh, yeah. you know, snuck into my parents' room, and I was like, what is this? Oh, it's really weird. It makes me feel weird feelings. But my first computer for myself, I think I was playing Doom. I think the first Doom. And then like with the BFG, big fucking gun. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, I was more into the PlayStation though. Mm -hmm. So OG, I was more playing console games than playing computer games. And I didn't get into like City of Heroes and WoW and stuff until like later, until like 2006 probably is when I really started doing that. I played a little bit of computer games. Like I did play a lot of Roller Coaster Tycoon and really enjoyed that. Oh, and The Sims, the original Sims. Oh my God. Did you ever drown your Sim in a pool? Fuck no. I wanted my Sims to live. I had friends who'd killed them. One of my favorite um, Sims memories, though, is me and my college friends. We all started playing it around the same time, and we all played, like, on the same computer. We would, like, take turns. We had different job schedules and class schedules, but um, we made, like, little boyfriends for them because that's back, you know, when I thought I was straight before, before I found out I wasn't. And one of my friends made, like, her actual real-life boyfriend made a sim that was, like, like him. And then they broke up. So then we were really in watching Dawson's Creek at that time. So she made Joshua Jackson sim and was trying to, like, get her sim with the Joshua Jackson sim. And then the sim that was her boyfriend was crying and would, like, dream about her and stuff. And it was really funny. Wow, that's just pretty dramatic actually when you think about it yeah it was hilarious though i i never got into super dramatic games i think the you know we both play wow right play all kinds of games yeah so uh that's just a little introduction for us you know just like introduce us to you we hope you'll listen to us again all right good job go team thunder talk oh so much thunder Uh, Wheatley, in terms of continuity or jumping the shark uh, and Wonder Woman, 
There's some examples in comics of that, right? Or what one hand not knowing what the other is doing. Oh yeah, yeah. This uh, golly. Because you guys, are, yeah, see that crazy history to this all abound. Wasn't like Wonder yeah. Kid or Wonder Wonder Girl and Wonder Woman. Oh my goodness, that if you try to oh. look up the the who Wonder Girl is, you'll get a headache. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Well, give us the headache, dude. Give us the headache. At one point, uh, Don, you thought Donna Troy was like her younger sister, but now she's like a magical being that was created and kind of the same vein as she's supposed to be made from clay, but now her origins, she's actually a demigod. She's the daughter of Zeus and uh, Hippolyta, right. which I like a lot better. Mm-hmm. So they incorporate more of the Greek origin, but, uh, right. but there's, like, there's like three or four different Wonder Girls. It's, it's crazy. It's it's just it does make your head explode. And um the funny part is the origins of that was it was a mistake because you know, Wonder Woman was having these what they call impossible adventures or crazy adventures where she would have adventures with herself as a teenager. Oh yeah. And, her, and also herself as a toddler. And someone at DC, I wanna say Bob Haney, who created the Teen Titans thought that Wonder Girl was a separate character from Wonder Woman. Yeah. And somehow that the book still got published and Wonder Girl became a separate character. And then they had to kind of backtrack and create a separate origin story for Wonder Girl. But then they kept changing. It. <laughs> it's like, well, she's Wonder Woman's sister. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. You know, she was never Wonder Woman's sister. She was actually rescued by one of the Titans of Myth. You know, one of the gods and raised in a separate world. And, huh. She's your mother, oh your sister, oh, yeah. your mother, Titan myth. <laughs> it's Chinatown, man. It's yeah. like, it's like, just back, back, just walk away, man. It's Chinatown. You know, and between the reboots, 52 and Rebirth, oh. it just keeps changing over and over again. Uh, DC and continuity, you know. uh, don't even try at some point. This is a drinking game with me. Right. <laughs> I have a DC history book around somewhere, and one of the reasons they did Crisis oh, yeah. in 19, you know, one of the main reasons that storyline was developed, because they said that Wonder Woman's continuity was more screwed up than any other character, right? you know? C- crisis on Infinite Wonder Womans. Right. You know, so that's one of the things. I recently bought a Wonder Woman book. It's a storyline that I didn't think was resolved, and that's why I bought it, but, you know... So there was that period where she didn't have her powers. And then when she got her powers back, her mother omitted certain memories, which included the time that she was on Earth without any powers. And and so all of that information actually got resolved, like maybe 50 issues down the road. Someone decided, <laughs> you know what? We never actually got this straightened out back here. <laughs> and... That that sort of made me laugh a little bit as well, because, you know, I, I think that you have a lot of good people that have tried to straighten out Wonder Woman's continuity and her jumping the shark moments. But I don't know. Um, And maybe Wheatley, you can talk to this more. There was a burn. I want to say burn is his last name. He worked on the X-Men for a long time. John Byrne. John Byrne. His run on Wonder Woman was great, and he attempted to straighten out the whole Wonder Girl situation, and I loved the story that he crafted. But then, you know, there was a reboot, and there was the New 52, and there was Rebirth, and all of that great storytelling just pretty much went out the window. (laughs) 
And that's DC. It's hard to explain sometimes why they re- reboot everything when they go, we well, have good stories here. Just like maybe iron them out a little bit, but don't just start fresh every time. <laughs> but I know. It's, it's very confusing. I, I received a Christmas gift, and it's the history of the Justice League. And the book is awesome. And I was explaining to Miles, I says, well, probably next year this time, this book won't, won't be even be relevant anymore. Mm. <laughs> oh, definitely. You know, because the history will probably change. I mean, I know there's a new a new storyline coming up or a new reboot coming up, right? Well, I've heard it's even going so far where they're not even going to try to maintain continuity at all in DC. They're just going to have them write separate stories and not trying to coordinate anything. It's like, ah, that's just not, you're not even trying at that point. It's not, I don't think it's going to work out. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course, you're seeing that in the movies too, where apparently they're just not even going to try to do a connected cinematic universe anymore. No, they, uh, yeah, well, they were too thirsty going in, uh, um, announcing yeah, that they were chasing Marvel. That's. Yeah. I think that uh, shocked me. I looked it up. Of course, she had a live action show, but she's never had an animated series. No, not, not by herself. Yeah. She hasn't. You know, like she's been with Super Friends and. Made the guest appearance on the Brady Kids, and you know they've been the you know the separate you know the Justice League series, of course. But I know I had read somewhere that there were plans for a Wonder Woman series, but it was also tied to a toy line, and as a result, some of her powers and origins were going to change to sort of accommodate the other characters in the toy line. But I think they did come up with character designs and everything for the series, but I don't think the series went anywhere. Sure. But if you bear with me, I'll see if I can look it up. Because yeah, I just got curious, because she's one of the big three at DC. And of course, Superman and Batman yes, had yes, numerous absolutely. cartoons of their own rise. Like, she hasn't had one? I mean, at least one. Right. <laughs> right. Well, one of the things that we talked about earlier, Dan and I, was that Filmation, which had the rights for DC characters from 1966 to about 1972, they were going to do a Wonder Woman series. They were talking about it anyway. And if she wasn't going to get her own series, she was going to appear in the Justice League cartoon that they were also prepping. But, you know, all that went away once the rights for Batman became available. So there was a chance it might have happened then. Well, if you want to go like brain hurty and talk about present day Monday Night Raw, because that hurts my head just as much. I can't do it. I, li- <laughs> I cannot do it. I've tried so many times to get back into Raw and I I can't do it. It's painful. It's so painful. I refuse. The latest episode that we just put out um, about Edge Body, Edge Dorito Body, um, <laughs> there's a good, like, what, five or ten minute rant, Ashley, of me just talking shit on WWE. I cannot do it. It's yeah. all the wrestlers are the same. All the dude wrestlers, same character, different colored chonies. All the female wrestlers, same fucking character, different colored chonies. They all have beef with each other that nobody understands. That one nasty broad's all up on Ric Flair's dick right now. It's yeah. nasty. I can't. And it's bad because they like actually showed her husband and child on TV like a year ago, back when she was a babyface feuding with uh, Sasha and Bailey. So now it's like, ugh, why? Vince, 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 Vince. I I have hated Lacey Evans since NXT. <laughs> I just cannot stand her. And she's just gross to me. She's always yelling about everyone being nasty. I'm like, you're the most disgusting person. 
Agreed. Yeah. My thing is, and I didn't realize it until I started watching uh, ups and downs on the What Culture Wrestling YouTube channel that Simon Miller does, but pretty much 90% of the finishes, at least on Raw, is either surprise roll-up, distraction, or disqualification. It's like, how do you get anywhere doing all that? It's pretty much being <laughs> saved with, like, Drew McIntyre, the Scottish one. Oof. Um, Oof. <laughs> Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt, and the Hurt Business. Yeah, uh, I try to watch those um, ups and downs that you were talking about because I really like Simon Miller, yeah. but um, still the raw ones I skip. <laughs> I just can't take it. That's like Simon at his like most even, negative because he's just like, ugh. He, not even he can redeem it. Well, they had me for a minute when I first started watching WWE because um, like Seamus and McIntyre are a thing and like that one, they're so nice to look at to like i get the characters it's cute i like it of course they're gonna be tag team buddies or just buddies in general but like somewhere along the way they fucking lost me like mcintyre's fighting goldberg for a belt or something what the hell <laughs> know the fuck's up with that adam um how would some... you explain that to me how would you explain all of that to me <laughs> how would you translate that well, a few weeks ago, there was uh, Raw that was the Legends Night, and you had all sorts of people from Ric Flair to Mark Henry to Tori Wilson to... They advertised Carlito and Candice Michelle, which turned out to be total bullshit. I know Ric Flair. Okay. <laughs> like, we got one! <laughs> okay. Like, right, Randy yeah. Orton was going around the whole episode being dicks to all the Legends... Because he's the legend killer, but now he's just like meanie to all the legends. And then, at, and then at the end of it, the main event was Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee for the WWE Championship with all the legends at the entrance ramp, like watching it. And then Drew wins, and he's all like, "Hey, yeah, wasn't that great, guys?" And Drew, top babyface, always cool with the legends. He even did something with Hulk Hogan, and I'm just gonna leave that there. We're just going to leave the Hulk, the Hulk Hogan thing right okay. there. Okay. All right. Drop, All right. drop, dropping it, moving it on. Understood. Understood. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, Goldberg's music drops. He comes out, gets in the ring with Drew, and then he starts accusing Drew of being disrespectful to the legends when literally Drew's been the exact opposite, and it's been Randy Orton being a dick to it. And then, like, mid-confrontation, Raw just goes off air right after he pushes Drew down, and then uh, that's just it. The working internet theory is that it was either meant for Randy Orton or Goldberg going to SmackDown for the rumored future confrontation with Roman Reigns, because Roman's a big dick right now. I fucking hate that guy, too. <laughs> All right, I, I'm... You, you've blown me up. I'm crawling out of the ring, and I'm, I'm, uh, Ashley. You're my tag team partner in this conversation. I'm, I'm tagging you in. <laughs> Hot tag. Respond on behalf of both of us to all of that, please. <laughs> um. Oh God. Uh. Well, I didn't watch it, so that's the first thing. Um. <laughs> oh, hey. You know, we won't tell your listeners. Yeah. They know. They know how much I hate Raw <laughs> and WWE right now. Um, Goldberg, I wish he would just please go away. <laughs> I'm tired of Goldberg. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. He's been yeah. So he comes out and he has his, you know, two minute entrance where he walks down the hallway and spits water and yells and grunts. 
and smashes his head on the door. Mm-hmm. What? And yeah, he he, he does. Yeah, he literally yeah. goes. Poof. Okay. That, see, that's so. a cry for negative attention right there. Somebody seems to be like, Goldberg, <laughs> yeah. I value you. You're interesting. I might be otherwise invest in something else right now, but I want you to know you don't need to be coming at me this way because I will gladly come at you in a more positive way. Just give me like 20 goddamn minutes. And see, I used to love Goldberg pretty much strictly on the fact that he used to play football in the early 90s for my NFL team. And then he came along and... <sighs> He beat the Fiend last year for the Universal Championship in the most bullshit way. Or just the fact that he beat the Fiend, period, is what irked me. So <laughs> I've just been like, ugh. And then later on, literally his next opponent the next day was Roman Reigns, who's also one of my guys. So it's just like, well, I guess this is where we part ways, Billy. Sorry. <laughs> my boyfriend likes to bring up the fact anytime he sees Goldberg on TV or anything, he's like, hey, remember when Goldberg's son took his shirt off in the ring for no reason? Like, his little eight-year-old son just went out in the ring, took his shirt off. He's like, that was so weird. That was after Goldberg, like, beat Brock Lesnar in, like, two minutes. Yeah. So, good shit. I feel like that's just, like, ring, wrestling ring juju. Like... If I got into a wrestling ring, I can't promise that I wouldn't take my shirt off also. Because, like, that's what you see everybody doing. It seems like a prerequisite. You know, like, before the interview, you're going to you're gonna do your homework. And yeah. it sounds like taking your shirt off is, like... Or ripping uh, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Like, Thank I, you. Would, I would try to rip mine like Hulk Hogan did. But, you know, we all know his were pre-ripped, so... I would try to pre-rip mine like Hulk Hogan. And then I would <laughs> fail, and everybody would see that it's pre-ripped. And then I would be a heel for uh, for the duration of my career. <laughs> yeah, I would take my shirt off and I would be guilty as being part of the wet hair gang. Mm. Yeah, you would. <laughs> you would. You, to- you totally would. And we all know that when Kenny takes his shirt off, that's how we know he's taking the match seriously. <laughs> yes, it's 100% true. That's when he, he becomes <laughs> Kenny Omega is when that shirt comes off. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a shoot. They've even said that on commentary. <laughs> that's a goddamn name right there kenny omega like that's what they used to call me in high school that's what i'm telling everybody now <laughs> hello have you ever wondered how much jerry siegel and joe schuster sold superman's rights to dc4 or which uh, popular football star was sam wilson the falcon's physical appearance based on you can find all that and more at the history of comic books podcast a podcast dedicated to the creators events history and the companies that made the great comic book medium Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. So much of the music you hear on Thunder Talk comes courtesy of Hell to Pay Management. The woman behind that hell that you have to pay is Amanda Bones. Amanda, what's up? Not a lot. Working as we sit here, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you working on without giving up too much uh, inside inside dope? Um, Gems on VHS just announced that they're going to do another, like, I don't even know how to describe it, like sweepstakes kind of thing. Okay. You have to submit a video of your band playing an original song, and then you throw it up on YouTube. You have to submit it to their website and a bunch of other stuff, so... Since I found that out, I now have to tell everyone. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You got to, you got to, because you manage bands and that's part of the job. I manage bands. And then recently I picked up my podcast and then I also um, manage a yoga instructor. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. 
I just managed everybody. (laughs) What got you into this? Why band management and uh, I guess uh, yoga management now? (laughs) Why such a wide range of managing? Um, One of my strengths or many of my strengths are all kind of like secretarial as much as I enjoy art, whether it be painting, drawing, music, just all of it. Like I enjoy the shit out of it, but uh, I don't know how to draw. I am mediocre at my instrument, if we're being honest. Um, (laughs) So like my talents really lie in organization and management and stuff like that, which is like an odd talent. But through working with bands, I have come to find out how unorganized and just messy they are. So we all have our strong suits and everything. I think it originally started, I worked for a tattoo artist for a year or so. And that's kind of when the whole like manager thing took hold. My husband decided to start a band with his ex-girlfriend and I joined it. I did not know how to play an instrument. So it was like me learning how to play the drums (laughs) while we're playing live shows. Right. It was super crazy. Um, my husband writes the music, he composes it, he gets all of the stuff together, he writes all the parts. Like he's an amazing musician, but he isn't great with like emails and cold calls to people and booking stuff gigs and money stuff. Yeah. So because it's just like it just comes naturally to me. So I started doing the booking for Blind Mountain Holler, my okay. husband's band, while I was playing with them. And then from there, it was like, well, we want t-shirts. How do we do that? So then I found like how you go about getting a t-shirt printed and stickers and everything else bands need. I've booked all of their tours, which, oh my God, tour booking is like massive. <laughs> um <laughs> And then from there, like through managing them and playing with them, I started to meet, of course, more bands, more solo acts and stuff. And one of the bands was like, so we heard that you do all of this stuff. And I was like, yeah, but I just do it for Blind Mountain Holler. I'm not doing it for anybody else yet. Um, Inevitably, I left Blind Mountain Holler. So now it's Scotty and Kelly and they have a new guitarist. His name is Wes. So it was like, well, I'm going to leave Blind Mountain Holler. And Scotty goes... But, but you're still going to like book all of our shows, right? <laughs> and do, I was like, you're going to do the grown up stuff though, still, right? Yeah. <laughs> so right. I was just kind of like, well, I mean, I guess, why not? So I stayed on and I've been booking and doing what I did for them while I was playing with them. And then that band hit me up again um, when they came through on one of their tours. So I was like, sure, you know, they're like a doom, ambient noise, experimental band. Right. Out of um, Everett Washington, the name's The Sun in the Mirror. That sounds like my jam right there. They are amazing. And the presence they have at a live show is insane. But I was nervous to work with them because, like, Blind Mountain Holler's Americana folk music. Like, this is very different. (laughs) But sure, I'll try it. So I booked a full tour for them. And then slowly but surely, it just seemed like word started to get out that I was doing this. So I picked up a solo act and then I picked up another band and slowly and surely it just was like, I should just make this a thing that I do and people can pay me for it. Right. Yeah. So that's where we're at. So I have five bands, including my own. I am playing in a band again. Yes, you are. This debacle. We'll be talking about that later in the show. Yes. Shout those other bands out. Who who else has hell to pay? Uh, Hell to Pay Management works with Blind Mountain Holler out of San Diego, 
Um, the Sun and the Mirror out of Everett, Washington. Dwayne Mark and Company out of Texas. Yep. I have The Oxen out of San Diego. And then This Debacle out of San Diego, which is my band. And then I have Oak Top from Humboldt. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have, uh, we've had him, Michael Hagen, on the show. Mm-hmm. The Oxen, they've been on the show. They have. And Dwayne Mark, he's an old friend. He's been on twice. Uh, yes, he, he has. He's an institution over here. <laughs> We're just going to get all the hell to pay bands on Thunder Talk. Well, that's what it's all about. You know, you know better than my co-hosts that I'm always sponging for a musical act. This is my vanity project within the show. We all get one. <laughs> this is mine. It's a rad one for sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's interesting that you were saying that uh, the, uh, the Sun in the Mirror and Blind Mountain Holler are... Mm-hmm. You're two radically different bands, but I'm guessing that the math, the paperwork, that's kind of the same, right? Yeah. Being ignored by bookers is the same. <laughs> Across genres. Yeah. You could be new. Yeah. You could be Euro synthwave pop. Uh, yep. You could be a singer. So just you up there doing your Billy Joel, Josh Groban, Starbucks music <laughs> thing. It's the yeah, same bullshit goes into making that happen. that you're just going to be ignored no matter what you're doing. (laughs) So as far as like booking shows and tour booking, it's very similar. Like the groundwork is the same. You shoot out a ton of emails. You hope somebody bites and gives you a gig. But as far as what genres you're playing, it will decide what venue I'm going to hit up. I'm not going to hit up a country bar for the sun in the mirror or the oxen. Whereas Dwayne Mark will fit perfectly in a country bar. Right. So Learning the scenes for different styles of music has been interesting. Spotify is like this whole beast of a thing. Like you got to get on Spotify playlists, but you have to know what bands would be good on the Spotify playlist that fit with you. So it's just a lot of like learning the different scenes. I see that your artists have merch, uh, the presence online. If I were... 20 years younger, I know that I would I would understand <laughs> it better than I do. Social media, I think, like, especially right now because of the pandemic and everything, social media is essentially all I do at this point because nobody's playing shows. I was going to ask. Man, social media is a beast. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. I mean, we have to create content out of nothing. There's no shows, so it's not like I can just post videos from the shows we're playing. Right, right. So... Some of the bands have created new merch, so we push that really hard. We've tried to do really interesting, silly segments. Like with the Oxen, we did a guess what song we're playing, and each member from the Oxen played maybe the first minute of one particular song, but we started with the drums, then we did a post with just the bass line, and then we did a post with just the guitar line, and whoever guessed it got a merch bundle. Oh, wow. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, and then um, Blind Mountain Holler, we did a couple of segments with them, like Blind Mountain Holler plays weird instruments, and it was just a bunch of instruments most people aren't aware of. Okay. So, like, Kelly has this tiny little piano thing. It looks like a kid's (laughs) toy, but it's a real instrument. So she was messing around on that. She was messing around on a concertina. Wes played the theremin, which is not typically style music sure and then he also played a jaw harp if i remember correctly <laughs> nice nice hey yeah when you find somebody that busts out a glass harmonica <laughs> let me know 
will do. I'll start searching now. <laughs> and then Oaktop came out with his solo project like a month before the pandemic hit. Right. So it's been a challenge to build a following for him as a solo artist without being able to play shows and tour. It's right. been super hard to break out, but he came out with his first album, Lonesome Grain. Great so, album. oh my God, that album is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So we just pushed really hard. I tried to push it onto Spotify playlists. I've tried to get him reviews and stuff for the album. Just more than anything, it's making sure that you're posting on social media consistently. Because if you don't post for a month, you're forgotten about because this right. is the realm we live in. So it's just me creating stuff to post about. So like recently I made everyone post about international sticker day or something. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, I was like, okay, everybody post a picture of the stickers that you have available for purchase. It's national right. sticker day. And there you go. Now everybody has a post. You know, I can't tell you how many jobs I've walked off of because they didn't uh, celebrate national sticker day since I still had to come into work. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> How bullshit. dare you not celebrate National Sticker Day? Right, right. Yeah, I got a pile of oxen stickers. They uh they're kind of in the lead right now in terms of my favorite sticker pushers. Oh. So shout out to the oxen there. <laughs> well, I'm sold. Uh I mean, seeing as that you also do yoga, you maybe will uh, we'll talk about managing this uh this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, the yoga person is actually the cellist from The Sun in the Mirror. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> if somebody thought like they had the skills to be accepted <laughs> as a client of Hell to Pay Management, how would they audition, if you will? Where would they go online? So if you're tired of posting your own social media and you want somebody else to do it for you. <laughs> God knows I am. Um, you can hit me up at my email. It's hell to pay management at gmail.com. Hell like the place to T O pay. And then management is M G M T at gmail.com. Or if you go to my personal profile on Instagram, it's not private. It's a uh, Mrs. Underscore hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a bunch of hell to pay stuff up there and um, you'll see a lot of the bands that I work with. And yeah, just hit me up. Tell me what you want, what you're looking for. And I'm sure we can figure something out. It turns out that Beth and Kavika won't be able to record with us this time. It also turns out that our guest this week, Ashley Rose, is a huge anime fan. So in honor of our new friend, Beth and Kavika dug into the Lost episodes and came up with something we hope she'll enjoy. Well, hey there, Thunder fans. How are you? We have something special for you today. We're going to give you a little segment of... What's on our tube? So in this segment, we're going to talk a bit about what we're watching, and we're going to ask you what you're watching as well. So... Lately, we've just started a brand new anime, new to us at least... It's called Yuri on Ice. Yuri. It's amazing. I, I love it. It's it is amazing, but there's so many like gay undertones. Yes, every 
all the characters are super beautiful and every time they look into each other's eyes it is uh, they sparkle and radiate and then little weird blushing scenes you know so the characters get little, oh yeah the main character especially yeah and i mean i've watched some anime you've watched a lot more anime than i have i have i have and there's the part of me every time that something like that happens, I'm like, just make out already. Just just be boyfriends, damn it. But anybody that watches anime uh, frequently will know that in anime, the, there's a theme that comes up all the time, and that's unrequited love. So they always want this. Oh, senpai. It, it, there's there's always like an older... Um, like mentor. Mentor type character. Mentor person. Mentor character. And it's like, will senpai notice me? Notice me, senpai. But at the same time, it's the wanting it but not wanting it at the same time. Yes. Every time like... So this character will be like, oh, would you like... Would you like me to be your girlfriend, your boyfriend? And then that other character will explode instantly yeah, into they some... They get super flustered. Yes. And they're like, no, no, nothing like that. Never. But really, they totally want it. And there'll be like random hand touchings or... Oh, no. Victor straight up grabbed Yuri's face and like put his finger on his lips and like got really close together and it looked like they were going to kiss it but, did look like they were gonna but kiss. you knew they weren't going to kiss no, because no. it's anime well i think kissing is happening more in anime now than ever and i don't know maybe that's cultural changes how but, old is yuri on ice oh, though yuri is it on ice ooh that's a good question when did that come out ooh it's it's pretty pretty recent oh okay i, I would say within this last year i'll look that up but do you think that this anime is actually going to get that gay do you think they're actually going to go there or do you think it's going to be a continued story of like unrequited love because yuri obviously has a crush on victor and then it seems like victor's like okay with that and into it but then there's also the is he russian the russian yuri mm -hmm. Who they call Yurio. Yurio, yeah. Since they're both named Yuri. He seems kind of gay too, but at the same time, he kind of, he gives me more of a, a bi vibe. Yes, he does. But I think it's also this anime, since it's about uh, skaters, ice skaters, yeah. there is a little bit of androgyny vibe and uh, well they've straight up talked about how victor gender fluidity yeah they talked about victor had a routine where he had really long hair and kind of the point of the routine was to show like femininity and masculinity and androgyny so i don't know how gay is yuri on ice gonna get um from i'll give it a Six out of ten. Six out of ten gay. So you don't think there's going to be any boy love relationships mm -hmm. on this show? Maybe very last second they might give us like, oh, maybe we should explore these new feelings. 
or these untapped feelings kind of thing. They they might do that in the end. And then end a series. End <laughs> a series. This is totally going to be a, a standalone series, probably. Oh, As it even starts off at the beginning, it's talking about how the main character, who isn't that old, but he's thinking of retiring, and he is the ripe old age of 23. 23. Well, you can't be an ice skater forever, but Victor was still like a successful ice skater, and he's only 27, but he's got four years on Yuri, so why does he need to retire at 23 if he still has potentially for maybe more years left possibly but i think part of it is his personality and he feels down about himself and his yeah he doesn't have as much self-confidence as victor or as yurio the other yuri So this this is a little bit about Yuri, Yuri on Ice, and I did find out the information. It came out in 2016. Oh, it's well worth a watch. Uh, we suggest if you're into this kind of thing, if you're into sports anime, um, and this is specifically about uh, ice skating or male ice skating. Um, check it out. Uh, you can find it right now on Crunchyroll. You can stream it for free. I believe with commercials and if you have a pro account of course you can stream without commercials but what we would like to know uh, send us a tweet tell us what you're watching what's on your tube right now yeah what's on your tube Attention, people of Earth! Looking for a way to kill half an hour every week? Try the Flopcast! It's a silly podcast about cartoons, music, comics, movies, obscure pop culture from the 70s and 80s, and chickens. Join us! Bring coffee! We're on the ESO network. And we're at Flopcast.net. Thunder Talk exclusive. <laughs> uh, so welcome back, everybody, to the Amanda Bones show, uh, otherwise known <laughs> as Bones Cast. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Clink. I would like to talk to our other good friend, Zach Carpenter, and this debacle band that uh, both Zach and Amanda have. How are you doing, Zach? I'm good. I'm good. This debacle, how, how, did, how did it start? I was playing solo, hadn't been playing for a while. And then Blind Mountain Holler, Amanda was in that band with her husband mm-hmm. and my roommate. So we kind of got along there. I fell in love with their their style and their their music. It was it was great fun. And I had opened for them one time. That was a kind of the, the first joining of the two ideas. Something, you know, happened where Amanda had stepped away from Blind Mountain Holler and secretly I was um, pretty excited because (laughs) I thought, how great would that be? And I sent a message like, hey, uh, by the way, are you done, you know, with music or would you be interested in trying some of what what I do? Because I've been I've had a few different drummers. I've had. The Bipolar Bears, which was a um, 
a heavy metal band and I had uh, Deadwood Drifters was a band that I was in about 15 years ago. And people separate. You don't get as many shows as, as you think you're going to get. And so what happened was Amanda came by and I finally found somebody who wasn't so incensed in the drummer. Uh, there's like a cookie cutter thing with drummers. And I'm not trying, I love drummers. They're all great. But there is this thing where everything needs to make sense. And the problem I have is I'm, I'm not classically trained. I'm not even, I can't read music. I picked up a guitar when I was 16, put it down to do other things, and then didn't pick it up again until I was in prison 15 years ago. So I'm just self-taught mostly. And the music I write only makes sense here. It's really hard to get my, my stuff across. And Amanda just picked right up on it. She also has talent as a writer. She has talent as a singer and, you know, as many other things that she does. And so what's great about my music is it's so simple. It's elastic. You know, you can really do anything with it and make it kind of fit whatever the chemistry allows. And that's the thing that, that Amanda and I have. It's a, it's a funny chemistry. We're just having fun because we can't play our instruments. <laughs> yes we can <laughs> i i have a hard time listening to my own music a lot of the time and i was able to just kind of really enjoy the uh the two live streams it's really it's enjoyable to watch because it's not just me <laughs> so, <laughs> you know right. making an ass of myself i have i have company oh yeah. hey you know that's uh that's why i'm grateful for all of my other uh, co-hosts that sit there and hold my hand while i make an ass of myself uh, <laughs> I think... i'm gonna drink some vodka while we're doing this oh please okay. by all means okay uh <laughs> bipolar bears that's my new favorite band name that replaces uh the brian jonestown massacre as my favorite band name ever <laughs> amanda d describe this debacle describe the sound <sighs> This debacle, I would say we're kind of like a bluesy country. I mean, this, the name says it all. It's a lame question to be like, hey, can you pigeonhole your shit? Uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm as, as poser radio DJ wannabe with my interview segments, I'm required, I'm required to ask. I was going to say, I feel like it's a, it's an important question. So people can kind of like put you in a place because people have a hard time with that. I don't know. I use the hashtags we use are like alt country and bluesy country because there's a lot of like bluesy, groovy stuff Zach writes. And I just try to do it justice on the drum kit. <laughs> I want to talk about the first track on the album. The album, by the way, is uh, your live session from uh, Oxen City Limits. Mm -hmm. Speaking of streaming, Zach. <laughs> yes yeah. i was pulling up the album but I'm, I'm having help with my dog here oh yeah by the way that's what zach, we're talking about tonight yeah <laughs> zach doesn't remember any of the names for the songs <laughs> look i'm on itunes and there's our album how cool is that <laughs> yeah right shameless plug that's <laughs> <laughs> what this is all about so the first song leaving texas leaving texas the song itself is about a uh, basically a soldier that came home from war and just couldn't right. couldn't couldn't make ends meet with the economy and tried. Uh, you know, he's a young guy, fell in love, and uh, the only choice he really had, I think, you know, was was you know, he's in East, East Texas, which is 
lovely right. off the 35 and you know the there's not a lot of uh oil rigging jobs there and so he robs a bank and he had a couple guys with him and they didn't make it and uh he was the last one and he was the you know in the song he has a showdown with uh jackie gleason type cop in my mind and uh, has a shootout and and he basically says you know you're not taking me alive you know because i mean he's at, he's at his end he's tried everything the dichotomy of his relationship comes through in the chorus you know like he really he really loves his life but he can't suffer on Bandcamp, uh, the Oxen City Limits live stream. You know, Amanda, you and I spoke about this earlier, you know, navigating this new world of COVID in terms of getting the music out there, uh, how you've uh, pivoted to live streaming, and uh, you know, what we have on Bandcamp, and what's, what's to come. Well, so the Oceanside Moose Lodge was gracious enough to allow, and the Oxen City live stream, that's a mouthful, <laughs> um, is put on by two members of the Oxen. Right. It's John and Josette. So they had us, we were the original guinea pigs um, for the Oxen City Limits. Uh, live streams are weird. Like, you think well, they're no going to be really gonna, cool. like the, the whole crowd going, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, okay. so there's. There's no crowd interaction. And on top of that, you think, oh, well, everybody's at home. So everybody has time to sit here and watch our live stream. And the case is not Not the case. So (laughs) like as a band, you tell your friends, hey, come see us. And your friends never show up. It's the same same thing on on, same thing on the live stream, huh? 100%. Oh, your band has a show tonight. Cool. I'm not coming. Even if it's a live stream and I can watch from the comfort of my couch. I could turn it on my phone. I can watch in my car. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all rough. I think Zach and I had what two shows, two live shows before the yep. pandemic hit. Right. And so mm-hmm. we we tried the live stream the first time and I think we did it a second time only because Zach and I enjoyed it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Crowd or no crowd. If there's two people there, which there was both times, that's great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a concert fun to hang out and the second live stream like like zach was saying we worked our ass off practicing and we came up with what two three new songs four actually oh shit i think we added four songs to that set list yeah so we came out with a bunch of stuff um i mean i would love to record an actual i would love to say studio album but let's be real it's gonna be a diy in our practice space (laughs) i've listened to that live stream album that's on itunes in a big loud stereo in a car 
It sounds really good. Oh man. I scrutinized the fuck out of it with my headphones and yeah. it sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. We did yeah, pretty I'd... good. And then John did great capturing what we were putting out there. One of the tracks that we're going to be playing tonight, uh, whiskey works. Hmm. Drummer's choice. Drummer's choice. <laughs> Drummer's choice. That's a great song. That's, that's, that's just about a 15 year old song for me. It's been through its changes, but it's really stayed at that kind of, it's a fun way to say, you know, I, I, I tried and I can't, you know, and uh, it affected my, my spirituality as it affected my relationships with others. And, you know, and, and um, I get a lot, I have a lot of friends in recovery like myself that, that relate dead on whiskey works right. just great until it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sounds about right. <laughs> just stopped working. Right. You know, Yeah. when Zach and I sat down trying to figure out like, okay, what songs are we going to play together that Zach just had in his catalog? He came out with Whiskey Works and I was like, well, this song's freaking hilarious. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how to drink whiskey like a lady. So I related immediately. I always drank whiskey like a lady. Oh, well, that makes one of us. Kenny Oakley. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was like, okay, let's see if we can put some drums to this. And we did. And it's a blast. And 100% being selfish, this is like one of few tracks that you can hear my vocal on because I'm afraid of the microphone. Whiskey works for that. (laughs) (laughs) So does practice. I'm just going to start carrying a microphone around and everything will just be set into the microphone and I'll get used to it. Yes. Just be drunk in front of a microphone all the time. (laughs) And eventually, well, I mean, nothing matters anyway. So I mean, fuck, you know, especially these days. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amanda's like, I hope it's not too late for you on the East coast. I'm just like, you know, to say (laughs) the time is a human construct would be like totally hipster bullshit. (laughs) But I mean, just because it's a cliche doesn't mean it's wrong. Why stop there? Yeah. <laughs> so this debacle, where can everyone find you on the internet? How can uh, how can they get your album? This debacle can be found everywhere that you find your everyday music. We're on iTunes. We're on Apple Music. We're on Spotify. Um, if you want you. merch, yes. If you want merch and the actual album, you can get it on Bandcamp. We've got a baseball tee. We've got stickers. That's all we have right now, but the stickers are legit. Oh, yeah, we have a button. Oh, you got to button up. You got to get your button game on. Yeah. I swear to God, Zach and I knew 2020 was going to be a dumpster fire because the very first (laughs) image we created for this debacle was a garbage bin on fire. (laughs) And mostly that just came because Zach and I, like, it took us a minute to find like our groove together and so like we just fucking laugh about it constantly like oh we're such a garbage fire this is fantastic (laughs) garbage fire mask this debacle masks hey ooh, there we go yeah (laughs) new merch coming soon (laughs) that's right that's right or we're all gonna blame you for summoning this yeah (laughs) yeah this debacle is some kind of devil worship everybody i don't know I've been blamed a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> the second image we came up with was super self-deprecating. Like it's us. It's it's two little pigs heavily tattooed that look exactly like us. In our defense, when we were discussing band names. Oh, yeah. There were two that we were 
Actually, that was the one we kind of were with for a minute. Little, yeah, little pigs. we were gonna call ourselves the two little pigs. <laughs> 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 Thankfully, we moved away from that, and this debacle became the winner. <laughs> it's more apt. All right, everyone, uh, this debacle off the album, uh, The Oxen City Limits live stream, Whiskey Works. <laughs> <laughs> Start that again faster. I mean, if you want to. Let's do that. second ad spot to the black market toast podcast where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard dust it off toast it up and serve it as something completely new what well it means we either listen to or watch a movie or tv show or piece of music and then it's not like we just use whatever media we pick as a conversation starter (laughs) well because it's fun okay listen to it on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on facebook or something 
My name is Mark McCray, and I'm the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. I'm Dan Klink, co-host of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives features programming trends from the 1966 television season all the way through the last era of the early digital age of the 1990s. On the show, if it's animated, we talk about it. Order your signed copy today at tbsool.com. And listen to the podcast at esonetwork.com and all podcast platforms. So, uh, so Ashley, fuck. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was going to take a uh, stand, but yeah, go for it, bro. Whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know who was taking who in. So I was just going to be like, um, fuck Pepsi. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, taste wise. Yeah. You know, Coca-Cola, I heard in one way or another owns close to 90% of all the world's fresh water, but that can't be right. Yikes. In the 20th century, it was all about fighting over oil. 21st century is about fighting uh, fighting for water. And I tell my kids that every day when they wake up in the morning. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley, yeah. how your passion for wrestling, your fandom, where where does that come from? How, oh, how yeah. do they get you? Um, well, I'm a lady. I like to look at cute boys. Hey, <laughs> that's you how they, right? That's how, that's how they wrangled me in. But um, <laughs> no, weirdly enough, um, I've been into it off and on since I was little. So um, I used to watch it on Saturdays with my grandpa. Nice. And then I grew up a little bit and it's not cool to hang out with your grandpa, even though it's totally cool to hang out with your grandpa, (laughs) but not when you're like 12. And so uh, I stopped for a while and got back into it in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. So that fun era of wrestling. And again, then I went to high school and was like, hmm. I can't do this. I'm not. It's it's not cool enough. It's not working out for you. It's not. It's not helping your uh, your social game. No. Right. So then stop for a while, and then I started dating my boyfriend, who was into it with his friend, and that just pulled me right back in. So we would have NXT night on Wednesday nights, and his friend would come over to our house, and we would make dinner or get pizza, and then just watch NXT all night. So that kind of started everything, and then. The pandemic's when I just went crazy. <laughs> you you just you, you steered right into that 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 wrestling wave. Yeah, so I was like, let me consume every single thing I can and make up for all the lost time. That's when Amanda's had to suffer the most because <laughs> now I'm just annoying all the time. Well, we get it as a podcast. That's you know, <laughs> if you're going to be annoying. I mean, yeah. don't tell my other co-hosts this, but yeah, that's the entire reason I sit in front of this microphone is to broadcast that annoyingness to the world. <laughs> so good on you. See, see, Ashley knows what time it is. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's why. Oh yeah. By the way, <laughs> BT dubs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Adam's going to ask just so. the most mind blowing fucking question right now. <laughs> You <laughs> think really hard about it. So, Ashley. Yes. When did you know with Kenny? Oh, man. I mean, there's been a few times. Actually, fun fact, my favorite wrestler is Cesaro. Kenny Omega has just been like the heartthrob to come and kind of take me away from him. But so used to call me in high school, Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's just, I love it's so hard because when Amanda started watching, she only saw like cute little baby face Kenny and she didn't get to see full <laughs> shithead Kenny. 
And <laughs> that's my favorite is just disgusting jerk who thinks he is the greatest thing in the entire world. <laughs> and yeah, that's what we're coming around to again. So it's been fun to be like, look at him. He's gross. And I love him. He's my perfect little disgusting possum. And yeah, he's my favorite. Do you feel flattered yet, Dan? Oh, yeah. No, Kenny Omega. Dude, that's what they call me today. Fuck yeah. He, he sounds like my wrestling spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, there was one time where Dan and I got smashed off of a bunch of shitty tequila. I hit him with a Superman punch, and he actually hit me with a one-winged angel. Nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, this Kenny Omega guy, it sounds like I need to start buying stock in him. Kenny <laughs> Omega 2024, everybody. Mm-hmm. Kenny cast. Yeah, so that's been... Oh. Kenny. I can talk about Kenny all day. I won't because yeah. that'll get real boring, but I can do it. Yeah, every day in biology class, Dan would always be like, too sweet, too sweet. Oh, I really would. I really and nobody would. knew what he was talking about. Yeah, I like was, he did. I was channeling <laughs> he the knew, future. He knew yeah. what time it was. Uh, how to talk to your friend about wrestling. Tell us about the editing process, the production, the uh, <laughs> your schedule, the, the technicals and whatnot. Like, how do you, how do, you do a podcast right? Asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> Me. I'm the friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, we basically are doing it a little bit like this, ex- aside from the fact that I don't record myself on Logic, which I'm using right now. Um, we just kind of wing it. This is the first time I've ever had to do something like this, so I'm still learning. I'm still a baby right. trying to figure it out. Um Thankfully, my boyfriend does a little bit of music and stuff, so he can kind of point me in the right direction when I'm editing. So I edit everything in Logic, but we record in Zoom, and then I just move the files over, which is a lot of fun to do. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. So then I sit here and just listen to the show. She doesn't have to. She does a lot of the other work. Like (laughs) She is nonstop on all social medias, on getting things done. She's the one who gets our shirt and our merch and she's created everything she's like she does a ton of stuff i just listen to the show again and press a couple buttons okay <laughs> you're the producer and amanda you're you're the pr you, you guys have merch we have merch yeah. yeah yeah let's let's talk about the merch i couldn't fucking wait for merch because like at first i was like it's a podcast we're not gonna have any merch like who buys merch from a podcast um and then like every goddamn wrestler wears his t-shirt or hers out into the ring and i was like you know if these dudes every five minutes have a new t-shirt they're showing off there's no reason why we shouldn't have merch let's do this so we coined, we have a segment of the podcast called 1010 Would Bang, or as Ashley calls it, 10 out of 10 Would Bang. We all call it something different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about that too. Oh my God. 10 out of 10 Would Bang. Like, <laughs> 10 out of 10 Would Bang. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it started. I think I've always said 1010, like, yeah, 1010, I'd hit that or some, right. something to that degree. And like, I don't know. I'm a very free and open woman. So whatever right. you guys look good, I'm going to let you know that I fucking hit it. <laughs> and bang. that would be the end of it. Like, right. I don't know. I think it's my way of reversing the whole, like women get looked at and treated as pieces of meat. Yes. So I'm going to flip it. Flip and you're going to get treated like a piece of meat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Even the playing field. 
yeah, whatever. Girls can be raunchy too. So the first sticker is God love you. 1010 would bang in like stripper lettering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's got like a neon glow on it and everything. It's so sick. <laughs> you have a sticker of that, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have the 1010 Woodbang sticker. And then I went to work doing a Macho Man sticker because he's our yeah <laughs> in our intro music. And you can hear the little pop of a can opening. <laughs> right. So um, we have a Macho Man sticker, which... It was really funny when I made it. Ashley was like, we're going to get a cease and desist letter immediately on this one. I'm still waiting. Still waiting for that one. They haven't found us yet, so we're good. No, no, they, they have openly admitted that Harley Quinn was a complete accident they fell into. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that. Oh, you ever heard this story? Uh-uh. Oh, I love, because I heard this story via when Mark Camel was discussing, because uh, remember that the DC Universe, uh, their, their, their online multiplayer game they have? Yeah, I remember that. And they uh, and they bring in the actors to like come in, the voice, the characters, and Mark Hamill was voicing the Joker in the original, like Ashley Sorkin, who did the voice of Harley Quinn in the series, uh, voiced Harley Quinn, and uh, I think they had Adam Baldwin doing Superman again. And uh, right. but Mark Hamill says, "I remember when Harley Quinn was born because they were recording. They would have the wow. cast recording together, and and uh, her right. first appearance was in this, this episode called Joker's Favor, where he pops out of a cake to surprise the cops, and they thought." That's kind right. of weird for Joker to pop out of a cake, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And they said, well, how about we have like a female henchwoman do the popping out of the cake? Now, in the funny thing in the cartoon, he does pop out of the cake because it's the Joker. He's what's too weird for him. But uh, they thought, hey, let's um, let's have a uh, still have a female henchwoman anyway, just for diversity's sake, and bring her in. They brought in Ashley Sorkin, who was a, a a college friend of Paul Denny's, and she was an actress now. Right. And uh, they're having the recording, and they said, it, 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 as soon as they heard her say, "Mr. J." Everyone paused. Wow! And Paul did, and Paul Dini and Bruce Tim looked at each other. And goes, uh, uh-uh, uh. There's a character here, and uh, they were off and running after that. Wow! I had no idea. Oh yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, and Mark Hamilton tells the story. Says, "I heard it. I looked straight at Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, and they heard it. And yeah, you know, <laughs> but she was just supposed to be a little bit character, and of course now she's like." <laughs> part of you can't imagine the Joker without her, and she came from the cartoon. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Interesting kind of interesting how that happens you know how characters that are created for the show become part of the fabric of the comic book world you know sort of like uh hot dog from the archies was created for the cartoon and you know i mean he's part of the regular archie continuity now and has been for a long time and uh it's just kind of interesting how that happens like who gets in and who doesn't you know uh so like a character like Tusky <laughs> from Aquaman. Oh wow. <laughs> who who did make it into a couple of, of the comic book stories, uh, didn't become a regular character, but I just think it's cool. There was a storyline where Aqualad or Tempest was in a coma or was injured in a battle, and when he woke up, there was this walrus outside of his hospital window, and he looks out and he says, Tusky? And then the walrus just swims away, oh, and wow. and they drew and they drew the walrus like a real walrus. You know, he didn't look cartoony or anything like that. But I thought that was so funny and cute. Oh yeah, that, that some writer at DC decided to throw you know to bring back Tusky as a uh, you know a little bit I guess paying 
you know, a little homage to the uh, cartoon series. <laughs> well, I do like uh, Herbie from the Fantastic Four series. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> I got a I got a great Herbie story. Oh, for I you. got oh, I, okay, definitely right. So there was a Marvel show called uh, Superhero Squad. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, though. and and yeah, so they were all kind of miniature. They looked like toys. You know, sort of like little versions of the Marvel Universe, even though they were full grown. And so there is this like side adventure with Wolverine and Herbie in the series. <laughs> and they go through all of the theories about how Herbie ended up on the original Fantastic Four cartoon. Oh, that's great. You know, as they're being chased, as they're being chased, they're like answering all of the fanboy questions or theories that are out there. And Herbie is like, yeah, someone said that I replaced the Human Torch because the networks were afraid that the Human Torch might teach kids to play with fire or something like that. And um, but he says the reality was that the Human Torch animated and live action rights were not available. And that's how Herbie ended up in that Fantastic Four cartoon from the 70s. And it was like maybe one other thing. Oh, a human torch. You know, uh, he also affected uh, the with Spider Man and his amazing friends. Oh, he was supposed to be in that. Yeah, he was supposed to have been the in that with the Iceman, but then of course someone else had the rights to him, so they invented Firestar, mm. which was interesting because okay. I think this was back when Marvel was actually they owned the animation company that made the show. Right. So they had John Romita Sr. design the character, and now Firestar is a character in the Marvel comic books, but she was originally on that cartoon first. Right. Yeah. So I knew that, but who designed her for the sh- Was she designed? Like, did you just say a Marvel artist designed her? Yeah, John Romita Sr. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. I knew that she was created for the show and that she didn't appear in the comic book first, but I didn't know that a Marvel artist actually designed her, and then that was the design that the animation company used. That's pretty cool. Oh well, uh, John Romita Senior. He was practic- he was the art director for Marvel for years because he was the he just mm. took over Spider Man after Steve Ditko and became like their top guy. And right. uh, he's also he actually designed Wolverine, even though it was Herb Drimp- Trimpy who penciled him in uh, Incredible Hulk number one forty. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So that's why Herb Trimpy technically doesn't get a creator credit on Wolverine. That sucks. And oh, and I love this story when I did the episode on Herb Trimpey. Uh, he he did get the original art, which includes that first picture when uh, the original art back, where and he kept it. But then a fan in like in 1980 asked for it because he liked the character, and he said, "Oh sure." And at the time, no one knew Wolverine was going to become Wolverine. Right. And he just gave it to the fan. Uh, in 2014, that fan sold it at auction for six hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars. How much? Six hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars. Dang. Because it's the original, it's the very first time Wolverine ever appeared in a comic book form. Wow. Yeah, her trip is like, oh well, I gave it away. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Last week on episode 26 of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast, Dan and I continued our dive into the cutesy trend in animation. Among topics that we discussed was the Care Bears. Funny thing is, we recorded that show over a year ago. Well, it just so happens that over two years ago, Beth and Kavika imparted a few of their own memories regarding the Care Bears, and thanks to Dan's complete lack of work ethic, it became part of the Lost Episodes. Here's an excerpt of that conversation. Enjoy. 
So I remember asking my mother for, uh, I, I can't remember at what uh, Care Bear it was. I was like, oh, mom, I really want this. And then she got me a Teddy Ruxpin. She was oh. like, oh, it's a bear. Not the same, though. Not the same. Yeah, this was like a Cadillac. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I never watched the Teddy Ruxpin cartoon. I guess yeah, I missed yeah. that one. My ass was at school. <laughs> I guess. I had Cheer Bear when I was a kid. Cheer Bear was my jam. So I had a Cheer Bear. I had some Care Bear pajamas. Uh, I'm trying to think. I had a little bit of Care Bear stuff. I was into it. I actually dressed as a Care Bear for Halloween. Um... 2010 i made awesome. the costume myself awesome everybody head over to thunder talk on facebook uh to see to see to see this i'm assuming you have pictures and it's appropriate for me to solicit them i think yeah. i think she does yeah yeah i gotta find it but i do have a picture but long story short i had a friend that she loved the care bears and of course we were around the same age and she died that year and so, in honor of her, and uh, Good Luck Bear was her favorite. I dressed as Good Luck Bear, made my own costume. Oh. Yeah. More positive than a New Day pancake. More fun than a super kick party. It's the wrestling podcast from the host, who is the hammer swinging, burrito eating, well, you know the rest, of Thunder Talk. <laughs> Sexy. Thor! It's the Ring of Thunder, found in the Thunderverse and among the great podcasts of the ESO Network. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! You made it! <laughs> I love that every single person has a Macho Man impression. <laughs> Everyone does. Oh yeah! <sighs> You're going nowhere. <laughs> you're, going, you're going nowhere. Oh. Now, see, I felt weird. I felt weird. I might even edit that out. That felt weird. No, 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 no. You got to leave it in. I have an episode where I do a Macho Man impression, and it was left in. They're great. We should take a microphone out on the street and start asking randos. Hey, let's hear it. You give us your Macho Man. We're just going to ask random people. Can you please join our Zoom to do a Macho Man impression? Now get out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, then fuck off. Yeah, like time is money, pal. <laughs> okay, we're yeah. done here. Fuck right off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what else do we have? Oh my gosh, we have buttons. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't even remember how it came up. I think I got an idea in my head, like, we should do an image of, like, fun wrestling. What are they called, Ashley? Not tools. Like, weapons. <laughs> yeah, sure. Weapons. <laughs> Instruments. <laughs> Instruments of torture. Um, so I just kind of fiddled around with like a few of the favorite weapons that Ashley and I have discussed. And that's how we got the whole like double-sided chairs and the thumbtacks right. and stuff. And so we turned it into a button and it's our very first t-shirt. Yep. Where can everybody buy that? Where, where, what's, tell us about your internet presence. <laughs> our internet presence is small, but you can buy all of our merch on how to talk to your friend about wrestling period, big cartel, period, com. Okay. All right. Go ahead and pause the show, everybody. Write that down. <laughs> now unpause. I'm sure if you just Google how to talk to your friend about wrestling, a bunch of stuff will pop up. Okay. Excellent. Adam's got some more questions. I've been dominating the show. Adam? <laughs> this has actually been more 50-50 than most segments, really. 
Oh, well, you're welcome. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> like, where's his fan, his fan club? How do I, where do I send a postcard? Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg or anywhere near North Carolina. <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> I don't know why it's happening, but I absolutely hate it. I keep trying to figure out what Justin Roberts says, like, leading up to that. It's like X something miles away from North Carolina or something, but I just don't know. I just hear North Carolina. <laughs> just like yeah. we could just get Dan a cleaner girl outfit and like Ooh, I don't know, yeah. throw up a YouTube video and get him noticed. I don't know what that means, but yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. It's it's basically a jazzercise outfit and a broomstick. Oh shit. I mean you wanna wait like five, ten minutes? <laughs> You think I'm not ready for this? You think you're going to make me blush? <laughs> Jazzercise. Yeah. So, Adam, I have a question. Uh, as a fan of uh, how to talk to your friends about wrestling, tell us about your experience. With wrestling or with how to talk to your friends about wrestling? How to talk to your friends about <laughs> wrestling. What's the word on the street? Because I was about to say that you sent me the link to this podcast. I listen to every episode, continue to listen, and it's awesome. Well, thank Yay. you. Yeah, it is. And by the way, like Cody's pretty much my hero. So. Oh my god. Are we going to have a Cody moment right now? <gasps> he Sorry, I have to say this because you'll you'll understand. Um Cody Rhodes liked my Instagram photo of me I saw that in his oh. t-shirt. <laughs> I'm just over here That's throwing up. That's wild too cuz you didn't even like tag his handle directly like this Cody look for his own hashtag? I mean, hey, if he does more power to him, whatever he does got him to where he is, so... Oh my god. We could talk about this all day. I saved this screenshot because I cannot fucking... <laughs> I can't get over it, so... And then I have another Cody shirt in the mail, so we're gonna try to get fucking round two on this. <laughs> I sent it to my friend, to our friend, our guest, our first guest on the podcast, Rachel. We sent, I sent her the um, screenshot of Cody liking my picture, and I was like, "So this means that Cody and I are married right now, right?" And she was like, "Oh yeah, you're totally pregnant." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, even in adult age, I'm still like drawing his name with circles and hearts. And no, if you get one more like between now and March, he'll make you his tag partner against Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill. That's what's going to happen. For it. <laughs> I can see that I'm happening for sure. Run and jump and poke Shaquille in the eyes and then I'm going to bounce and let Cody handle the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so the moment that spawned your Cody fandom, was that like while you were watching a Dynamite or was it like a WWE thing or Impact or um, those other places? I only know Cody at uh, AEW. Like, I know that he did some very weird face paint, like, unitard wrestling Stardust. stuff. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that because it's super weird. <laughs> um, I found one photo of him as Stardust and never again. Never again. But the moment that I kicked it off, because he came out and I was like, all right, he's cute. But, like, he um, he has a neck tattoo, which is, like, you just don't do that if you're not heavily tattooed. So, like, that was a strike against him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like the one negative. Like unless you've, unless you've begun to run out of room. Unless you've honestly begun to run out of room. <laughs> like, you just don't fucking tattoo your don't neck tattoo until your like neck. Yeah. a good amount of your body is taken. But, right. you know, whatever. I don't want to gatekeep tattoos. But, you know, in the tattoo era that I grew up, you just don't do that. So, like, he came out and I saw it and I was like, oh, God, this is a strike. 
Um, and he's not, typically, he's not typically a dude I'd go for. He like, he was fighting Darby Allen, Darby beat him. And instead of being like a total dick, like I thought he was going to be, he like graciously gave the belt to Darby and like held Darby's hand up. And I don't know. I just fell so deeply in love with sportsmanship out of that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was teasing some heel turns here and there. Like when he was fighting Sonny kiss. And I think when he was fighting Mark Quinn, all that he was teasing kind of going to the dark side and then went, literally dark side in his hair for a week and then he's just like oh no that never happened okay (laughs) and he just continues to show up for darby and like i don't know he's phenomenal and i love his car salesman suits like it kills me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm down for that dude's cause 1010 would bang cody Rhodes. Yeah. In fact, the more time goes on, the more I'm not even sure that the whole uh, dark hair phase actually happened. Like, maybe I just imagined it. It's like, so I know you guys know who the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, right? I think I'll talk about that. Alex Shelley. Why does that? Yeah. I know who Alex Shelley is. Amanda hasn't got to fully experience Alex Shelley. Um, I'm going to say something inappropriate. Ashley, in order to remember Alex Shelley, is he daddy? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know who Alex Shelley is. Then. <laughs> Listen, I have my type. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because recently on Impact, like there was a time where Alex Shelley was out for like a week, and Chris Saban, his tag team partner, teamed up with uh, James Storm from Beer Money, who was hadn't been in Impact in a while, and then it was just like, yeah, we're a new team. We're we're going to be called Beer Guns. And, <laughs> the, and then Alex Shelley came back the next week. No sign or sight or sound from James Storm for like two or three months. And then recently at the Hard to Kill, Alex Shelley had to pull out of that for an undisclosed reason. And after Hard to Kill, James Storm came back and he and Chris Saban were just like, yeah, we're a team. And they just acted like this was the first time they had ever teamed together. And I was just like, wait, so... Was that just a fever dream back in October? I know a lot a lot was happening towards the tail end of 2020 for me, but I'm pretty sure Chris Sabin and James Storm teaming up, but that's how I feel about Cody's dark hair now. Like <laughs> It's mm. like that movie from the 90s. What is it? Like Shazam, the genie movie? Like some people remember it, some people don't remember it. Is it oh, called Shazam? It was Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, is it Kazam or Shazam? Oh yeah, there's a whole there's a whole that movie plus uh, Sinbad, the comedian doing something else that has created this sort of social psychological phenomenon where we have all collectively embraced a false memory involving some shit that you're totally talking about right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I know about that. Yeah, that's the scientific word behind it. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, Cody yeah. dark hair never existed. Or or <laughs> yeah. under casual internet slang that you can find on Urban Dictionary, Mandela effect. Oh, oh is that what that go. is? Yeah, that's I think that's the term for it. Oh, okay, crazy. I mean not crazy, I guess. The opposite of crazy. Just to go back normal. really quick to tag team names, like seriously, who fucking names the tag teams? They do. <laughs> in which company are just like well i know in wwe in nobody names themselves vince is in control of all that crap but 
Um, how do, like some of the tag team names are like, who fucking chose this? Come on. <laughs> okay, see, that's a great question. And I would like to apply it specifically to the Bushwhackers. If anybody remembers them. Because <laughs> I, I remember them from as a kid. I just remember the Bushwhackers were in there and it was, they were these two dudes that were licking each other a lot and being all like, <laughs> but they lick each other's faces though. And I just always felt that was a bold move. Was it these two dudes that decided to commit to this or was it like, all right, guys, uh, Vince, Vince has some ideas that he just wants to float at you and also some numbers. It's just, you know, let's, let's do lunch. In honor of terrible tag team names, Ashley and I created our tag team names. What is it? Yeah. Ashley, let him have it. We are ketchup and mustard. <laughs> yeah. Ketchup and mustard. Until yesterday, yeah. we didn't know who was which, and then we finally figured it out. No, no, no. Remember, we figured it out. You said something about me being, what's oh, her goddamn right. name? I said you were going to be April O'Neil. That's right. And then it was like, okay, <laughs> so then I'm mustard. <laughs> yeah. I'm mustard. Ashley's ketchup. Mm-hmm. And we're going to wreck your life. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we even have like a tagline and everything. Sign us. AW. Hello. <laughs> we're here. Ashley, Amanda, where can everybody find you out there? Where how can everybody give you their money? How can everybody listen to your show? Okay, are you ready, Ashley? Here's the show. Yeah, we can do this. All right. On Twitter, it's HTTWPod. On Instagram, it's How to Talk Wrestling Pod. Or you can send us an email at HellToPayManagement at gmail.com. Hell2 is the word to pay MGMT at gmail.com. And the added one is you can buy our merch on. Oh God! Um, how to talk to your friend? How to talk to your friend about wrestling? Dot bigcartel.com. Boom. <laughs> Man, it's just like I was listening to the end of an episode <laughs> of that show right now with an added sound effect of Dan slurping water. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna edit that out. I edit. I go through meticulously and get rid of all the slurps and all that but if you i mean if you want me to leave that in a little bit of, you know leave a, a little bit of asmr on all this i mean <laughs> oh yeah just like send it to them and they'll like put it at the end of the next book report we'll just add it in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Oh, fucking kill the mic. Drop. <laughs> this is over. This is over. <laughs> and that was the last anyone heard of Dan. Oh. Yeah, Thunder Talk's dead. It's all Ring of Thunder now. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Wheatley, what would you like to plug today? What are you doing? I mean, I know what you're doing. <laughs> we, we, we've listened to it. We love it. It's a great podcast, but... Go oh, ahead. Thank you. Go ahead and tell our listeners. 
It's your comic books podcast. You can listen to me on uh, all the uh, podcasting platforms, Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, Himalaya, so forth. I have a Facebook page, History of Comic Books Podcast, Twitter, and also uh, something of an Instagram account. I haven't got that thing going yet. I took a few pictures and that's about it. <laughs> Mark. Yeah. Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Yeah, so uh, the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast can be found on um, SoundCloud, Apple, Stitcher, the Best Saturdays of Our Lives website, uh, tbsool.com. Yeah, all those places. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. No Oklahoma, guys. Come hang out. You don't have to sub to me. Just come chill. It's fine. Where can everybody find you, Adam? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Dan. You can find me at the Ring of Thunder podcast, which is my wrestling podcast, and you can find me on the Facebooks, Twitters, and Instagrams at Thunder Talk Thor. And don't forget to look for me, your absolute favorite here at Thunder Talk. Find me at K2Say Rambles On on Twitter. I will have an amazing conversation with you. So everybody, uh, listen to How to Talk to Your Friend about... about podcasting. <laughs> because you guys are blowing it up that should be your spin-off show because you can really you, you've certainly taught me a thing or two uh everybody how to talk to your friend about wrestling i mean i've been saying it if you're not listening then you're probably an asshole i'll say it next ring of thunder so you can't say shit that's right yeah fuck you that person fuck you lay a little insurance on that bro yeah nice exactly yeah kick butts not nuts (laughs) unless you're roman reigns then you can just kick all the nuts you want i'll look the other way fuck that guy is a production of the Weirdos Workshop, starring Amanda Bones, Ashley Rose, Zach Carpenter, Kubika Allo, Dan Klink, Adam Wedston, Beth Allo, Mark McRae, and JT Wheatley. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink fight and make your ancestors proud. Real quick, it's telling me that the meeting ends in 10 minutes and I that box came up like 2 minutes ago. Um what would happen if we stopped right now and then I redid the whole thing? I'm fine with that. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, one of us at Thunder Talk, our co-host Kavika, she and her wife pay for our Zoom. But they don't know, neither of them know shit about wrestling. They wouldn't be able to lend themselves to this. <laughs> I'm going to leave this in the show. I'm leaving this in the goddamn show, by the way. Um, yeah, bootleg Zoom. Kavika, next time we need you to facilitate some stuff. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.